One Nation Under Pod is brought to you by Pupperware. Everyone has a dog. Everyone loves their dog. And everyone might not always love taking care of the dog's business. You have the roll of bags, you have to tear off a bag, and now you're just adding more bags and poop to the landfill every day. That's where Pupperware comes in. Their reusable dog poop bags allow you to take care of lovingly of your dog with also taking care of the planet. Made of hardened Pyrex, the bags come in packages of five. All you have to do is use their special shovel, which is included in the order, uh, picking up the poop, putting it into the into the Pupperware, snapping each of the four lids together, and then taking it with you home where you can clean, clean it and get it ready for the next walk. I have been using Pupperware with my dog Saffron now for the past two weeks, and it's just been a revelation. Uh, you, you know, to, 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 it feels like I have a deeper connection with my dog now, that, uh, that, that we are engaging in this activity together and we're not harming the planet. And you know, as I'm, as I'm scraping out that little bit of peanut butter poop that it, that's gotten caught to the corner, uh, I, I know that I'm doing, I'm doing something good in the hole, you know? And, and, and that's what Pupperware offers you. I, Ryan, what's your been experience been with Pupperware? I'll tell you, when my dog Rosie sees me standing at the sink, washing out my Pupperware from her business. She comes over to me and she looks at me and like, like with love in her eyes as if she's saying, Dad, let's go for another walk. And I'll tell you, Rosie has a lot of stomach issues. And so I find the built-in uh, shovel, the, the scoop that comes with it, I, I appreciate that it has several uh, gradations along the sort of ramp at the end so that I can, depending how wet or dry her poop is on a given walk, I can change it according to my needs on that day. I can scrape it right up off the sidewalk and then I simply use one of my Pupperware reusable uh, cloths. I pull it out, I grab a bottle of a solution, cleaning solution, I spray down the sidewalk, I'm down on my hands and knees scrubbing and before I know it, we are back on our way. She loves it. And it, it, it love, I think love, is absolutely the right word to use with Pupperware. So please go to Pupperware.com, get your starter kit, which includes two pint Tupperwares, one quart Pupperware, and one two-quart Pupperware for whatever kind of poop load your dog might need. And make sure when you go to, of course, put in One Nation Under Pod at checkout, One Nation Under Pod. Sadly, this does not work with a QWERTY keyboard. You will need... Uh, a keyboard that is uh, different than a QWERTY. Uh, yeah, the the uh, Dvorak layout. Yes, I the Dvorak works. Uh, the ABCD works. Uh, mm -hmm. When I used it, I actually I used my kids' speak and spell. So oh. there's there's options. There's options. So just use those to put in one nation under the pod at checkout to get twenty percent off your order. And here's the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to One Nation Under Pod. I'm Francis Ford Coppola. I'm Ryan Pfefferman. And I guess that's we're going to call it a show right there. Good night, everyone. Yep. Make sure to listen to One Liberal Media Podcast. And Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We were just in a national oh, debate. my God. Now, I have been backstage at a debate. 
I have been in the audience at a debate. I have prepped candidates for a debate, but I have never before been part of a debate. Have you, Francis? No, it's like God peeked in at little Francis Ford Coppola's second grade dream journal and said, you know what? Wink. This one's becoming a reality. It was a rush. Being up there with just feeling the democracy swirling around me, you know? So powerful. Francis, is it fair to say that you and I were the highlight of tonight's debate? (laughs) We're going to have to check the polls for that one. But I definitely say we were a pivotal moment in the debate, you know, Mm because I think that we brought out something that... Well, I mean, so, so let's give a little background of what our role exactly was. We were offering situation room uh, situations to each candidate. You know, situation room situations. That's situations you, that happen in the situation. Take the situation out of the room and yeah. onto the debate stage. So when the president's Christ. situated in the situation room, the situation is, gets resituated. And I that's what you need were, to do to do as a president, you know? I believe they were known as Christ simulations? Yes, Christ, they were Christ simulations. No, not Christ. <laughs> Crisis, crisis simulation. They, Whereas the president sacrifices simple. himself for the good of the nation in the crisis simulation. Tell, folks, as you can tell, we're still a little amped up from the experience. We presented the candidates with uh, simulated right, crisis scenarios, and they had to respond in the moment to tell us what they would actually do were they to be in the Oval Office during any number of insane crises that we came up with. Oh, and this isn't to put other elements of the debate down, but you know, if I'm the average voter sitting down in my peanut bog, mm-hmm. just looking for when my next government subsidy check to help little Anya and Borgen get to school the next day, you know, I'm not wondering. I don't want to see two candidates kicking back. Um, you know, trade rates with Singapore back and forth and back and forth on the debate. I want to see some meat that I can sink yes. my teeth into. And that's Absolutely. what we offered here in the debate. And, Absolutely. Um, and, and Ryan, I got to say, you were relentless on those candidates. <laughs> well, thank you. I figure that Joe 12-pack at home wants to see these candidates t- getting the screws turned on them, really turning up the heat under them until they've reached a nice simmer. Maybe you put a little oatmeal in there, maybe add a little pinch of salt and see what cooks up. But Francis, I have to hand it to you. You did not let up for a moment on these poor candidates tonight. No, no, no. And, you know, I, I was a... Uh... I had Kaylee girl boss and a lot of people think, well, you know, she's nine years old. We need to be a little uh, accommodating to make sure that she can feel comfortable in this democracy. And I say, no, you know, we're, we're, we're the Soviets easy on our first nine year old president back in 72. They were not, they nuked the hell out of him. No. Yeah. 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 Little, little Jimmy Chamberlain. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> went went to the, uh, the 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 meeting on the Azores to develop a treaty for ending the, the Chilean War, and okay. they nuked the entire island chain. So, not the greatest moment in American history, but definitely one of the better moments in TV history. I gotta oh, say, absolutely high ratings and a really bold strategy from the Soviets in terms of uh, U.S.-Soviet relations. Really moved things around on the chessboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think America looked at that and said, "Well, if you're willing to go that far, let's talk." Exactly. <laughs> if, you're, if you're willing to murder our underage leader, uh, maybe we can get serious about moving forward mm-hmm. in this U.S.-SU. 
dynamic you were, we got. You were softer on Kaylee than the Russians were on our last nine-year-old president. But when you hit her with that ostrich scenario, you could almost see a trickle of sweat come down her nine-year-old forehead. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And, and Michael Delicious, uh, you were pounding him, you know, because he's been kind of a, uh, keeping a low profile in this campaign. So when he popped up here in the debate with his, was that a, I'm assuming, one of his fellow mushroom hive mind cohabitants there yes, I, b- I believe I believe so. He has uh, entered the race as a fourth party candidate. In case our listeners are just catching up with uh, with recent developments, and uh, I-, I think he he handled things about as coolly and calmly as a human mind infected and or infested, if you will, with a hive mind of uh, mushrooms could actually be. He he stood up fairly well to uh, to my scenario about global freezing, uh, about lobsters, about clams about Northeasterners. And overall, I have to say, I was pretty impressed. He he was rather unflappable, which I guess is not that surprising, given that he barely has a shred of actual humanity left underneath all of the mushrooms. <laughs> what president does, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding, Carrie Fair. O'Connor. Carrie, if you're listening oh, out there. <laughs> Miss you, buddy. Kerry O'Connor, of course, being the uh, pr- former president that we were both staffers for. Have a little explanatory yes, comma for all the listeners out there. In case we haven't mentioned, we were staffers in the O'Connor White House. Uh, it comes up from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I was a little disappointed when I went after the Cream family. I, of course, went after them with one of a standard presidential situation of an out-of-control, high-speed train, caught on a loop, going through 13 of the 48 states with... A celebrity on board. I thought that was pretty, you know, meat and potatoes presidential situation. Yeah. But the Cream family wasn't really able to, to, to lock down a, a common strategy there. No, I think this highlights one of the challenges of having an entire extended family all running for president at the same time. If they're going to make it all the way to the White House and then succeed, they are going to have to get literally and figuratively, metaphorically and spiritually on the same page. Wouldn't you say, Francis? Absolutely. I mean, when the Baldwin family ran in 1999, it it was almost like you were talking to one Baldwin. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, is this Stephen or is this William or is this Alec or is this Tommy or is this Lyndon or is this Francis or is this Alice or is this Carol or is this Donner or is this Juniper or is this Zenia? You know, or is this Kim Basinger? Back then, of course, she was part of the family. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but here, no, they're not speaking with a single voice. You know, I think they might want to talk to Michael Delicious to figure out how to get that hive mind going. Absolutely. And I'm sure that Michael would love to expand and infect an entire new family of human beings to sort of expand the uh, the mushroom consciousness, if you will, across the land. Yeah. So Cream Family, if you do take that advice, just be careful that he doesn't get his <laughs> uh, fungal fangs into oh, you. Yeah. Watch your backs and your brainstems. <laughs> And what was your take on your uh, your tete-a-tete with nobody? Well, you know, nobody, a uh, friend of the pod, I, I I was a little surprised, frankly, at the, the terseness of their responses. They seemed to sort of give up. They left a little bit of time on the clock. I hit them with the classic sentient computer virus uh, scenario in which a sentient computer virus has infected businesses and computers across the United States, eventually taking on physical form. And they came back questioning whether or not the virus itself was sentient. 
So while I, I did try to deduct points for a listening comprehension, I do have to say I admired the fact that they tried to turn my own scenario around on me and question the very basis of it. A bold strategy for a fascinating candidate. Working the refs always works. That's what we told Carrie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, do you remember when he hugged the moderator in the 97 debates, just went up, just gave the, each one in turn a big old bear hug. Uh, Katie Couric has never looked so surprised, in my opinion, but he won the night. So it is a bold strategy, but one that can absolutely pay off. Absolutely. He tried it again the following year where he hugged George Stephanopoulos and tried to lift his wallet. George Stephanopoulos cold cocked him right there on the stage and they continued debating over Carrie O'Connor's unconscious body, which I'm sorry, that's not going to win you any points in the, in the heartland. You know, no, no people, people want to see someone up on their feet, snap it. Right. Your average Joe 32 pack is not going to be into that sort of thing. No, 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 no. So uh, moving forward, I would say, I, I, I think nobody's got some ground to make up here, and the Cream family has some ground to make up. Um, I, I think they both did not show their their most positive vision for America moving forward. Um, and Frankly, uh, oh sorry, but but if I'm if I'm going to call a winner of tonight's debate, Francis, I, I'm going to say it was uh, you and me. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, we're not really winning the debate, but uh, (laughs) if poll numbers are listenership numbers, then yes, we are winning the debate. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Well, and we've got a treat for you because we've got one of the debate participants right here on the show. That's right. Anna Smith, vice presidential candidate to Kaylee Girlboss, will be talking with us about her experience and where we're we're still in the, in, the, in the heat of the moment here. The debate was only about an hour ago, so we're really excited to get some off-the-cuff, off-the-top-of-her-head reactions here. We're going to get into the spin room with Anna Smith. We're going to get her fresh off the stage. You can still smell the heat, oh. the lights, the makeup, the sweat, the real, just all the humanity it's wrapped like, up it's, in something like It's this. like God turned the page in my dream journal and read the next part because here <laughs> we go. So please stick around. Oh, and here's a surprise, debate surprise for our listeners. No second ad. We're going to get right into things with Anna Smith. Anna, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, boys. I really appreciate it. Now, we, of oh. course, I need to be straight with our listeners here. This is not the first time Anna has appeared on the show. There's, of course, you were famously part of our Lost Pod of a week ago, where sadly we lost what I would say was one of the most refreshing, engaging, and illuminating conversations we've ever had with a politician. Now, did Probably you would have changed the course of the did race. you explain what happened? Um, because I can explain if if oh well, I mean we don't understand the technical ins and outs. Sadly, we let our intern Wilson go. So um, <sighs> Wilson. Yeah, he was the only one here who could probably have figured that out. Enlighten us. Let us know. What do you Can think? Can I drop about? bombshell on you boys? <gasps> please, please, please do. Please do. Jimmy Chamberlain us. Not to, you know, stir things up, but I might have had something to do with podcast episode being lost, yes. As you know, I am a technology yes. expert. And perhaps there were a few things that I should not have said on that podcast that the world was not ready for and will never Would that have been your your, your tiered subsidy plan for non-working families? Well, it was that too, but it was more about my my VP decision. You see, when I was interviewed last week by you boys, 
I falsely said that I was going to align myself perhaps with nobody. But to everyone's surprise, I am with Kaylee Girlboss. Are you and I did not want you, to create confusion. You used us in some kind of political cloak and dagger scheme? Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you I want me to kiss your boo-boo so, for you? I, oh, I'm, I'm so, so honored. Sorry. No, no. This is I, one of the greatest days of my life. Oh. I have always wanted what? to be part of some sort of political subterfuge in a campaign. Oh. This is kind of amazing. Sorry we fired Wilson over it, but yeah. I'm tingling. Who am I, John le Carré over here? I mean, hooray. <laughs> I'm basically oh. launching you into the same kind of fame that... Uh, Who's the secretary who found the leaked tapes in Watergate? That's you John now. John Wilkes Booth. Say oh, that, that was again, secretary. Boy? That was Secretary Bob Woodward. He, of course, famous That's secretary right. to the president. Of course, uh, which Bob was Woodward. Secretary Bob Woodward. He had been working as a secretary for not a, not a secretary in the cabinet, literally like a typing dictation yeah. secretary. Type type. For multiple years, of course, that was unveiled later to be a ruse. He had been ingratiating himself in 10 years as an undercover sting with his new with his paper, The Washington Post. Um, but I believe he's still working as a secretary today, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. Right. Just given National Secretary's Award last year for his work with uh, Dow Chemical. Oh, good for him. Just so we know, before we put too much time and effort into uh, finalizing the audio for tonight's podcast, will you be sabotaging tonight's episode as well? Well, that's for me to know and for you to, how you say, find out. Oh, <laughs> oh very good. Very you never good. know with me, boys. Wild card. Oh, oh boy. I feel like fired. we should have recorded this in trench coats oh. in a parking garage. <laughs> I get well, the reference. A, I, I get not the reference. To go, uh, not to go all deep throat on you, but I do have a couple questions about the debate that I'd like to get into. Ooh, do I First have of, news for you? Let's spill. Uh, well, if you have news, go ahead and drop it. These questions can wait. Or were you referring to your future answers to my unstated questions? Sort of both. You see, uh, when it comes to answers, that wasn't really my prerogative in these past mm. debates. Um, mm -hmm. I found all the questions asked of us stupid, quite frankly, mm -hmm. pardon my French. And uh, I was not having any of it. So if, if you were there at the debate, you know that uh, I stood my ground, and uh, my non-answers were just as much answers. Utter disdain for the process. That mm. is just a classic strategy. And I got to oh. say, I think it's working pretty well for you. When people see you just like spit on the floor, when people ask you to express your basic views or policies mm -hmm. for how you think you do this job, I think that, you know, the average American out there on their, on their kayak, you know, in a fjord, just holding a six pack in one hand yeah, and a they don't bag need to of know everything. in the other. They don't need yeah. to know all my details. Yeah, you know, they don't they need to that. know what mm -hmm. shit I took this morning or what my favorite pumpkin spice latte is of the week. I mean, come on. They know that I'm American, USA number one. God bless the NFL. God bless MLB. God bless NBA. We've seen they the bumper know stickers. That. So, yes, uh, they know that. So uh, what else do you need? What else is there? Anna, would you say that you have uh, a contempt, if you will, for the entire electoral process and that you should simply be uh, uh, installed in the White House? And would that contempt extend to the voters? You know, boys, I, I couldn't put it any better that way. Um, 
I think whole well, circus, whole circus surrounding U.S. elections, uh, mm-hmm. which I would know of because I've been in this country for many, many years. Of course. Um, well, your thick Kansas six accent is a dead giveaway. It's, yeah. Yes, this accent, um, which I explained could on I, the could last I, could episode. Could I? Could I interject? East Kansas. Ooh. Oh no no no! It's tricky. It's tricky. So it's it's Kansas, Central Kansas, Waimigo, <sighs> by way of New Orleans, by way of Pittsburgh, and that is canon. Uh, you can find uh, other yes. information on the internet. That is what I thought. What I heard you drop stew. a yins. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Kansas oh, by way stew. of. Pittsburgh by way of Pittsburgh, New Orleans, if New we're Orleans. going in reverse chronological mm-hmm, order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we are, as we always do on this show. Yes. Very good, boys. Canon as well. So uh, now that you've let everyone know that you think America is stupid as well as its people, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you think that that strategy, do you think you were able to execute that strategy well tonight? Were there any stumbles for you? There was one stumble, I would say, that kind of shook my rock-hard exterior. At the very end, sweet little baby nine-year-old Kaylee Garbaos held a picture. Candidates were asked a very stupid question to draw mm-hmm. a picture of what we want for Americans, for voters moving forward. Kaylee Garbaos drew picture and wrote, I love you, Anna, on top of picture. Oh. And I thought, oh, my God, that is like the sweetest thing anyone has said to me this entire election cycle. And you know what the funny part is? I drew a picture of Kaylee, of her karate chopping. And I oh. said, I love you too, Kaylee. So uh, that made me question a little bit um, my prerogative and my strategy going into this whole thing. I think she's does, starting to get to my heartstrings just a little does bit. Does that concern you though that Kaylee's elan for life and open uh, compassion empathy for her fellow person mm-hmm. is that going to rustle you know your prerogatives here in in the race and, and as a candidate you know part of me thinks that you are asking this question to sabotage our relationship. Oh, uh, you started it. Uh, there's only one saboteur on record along, here. And we're having a good friendship. Boy has to come in. Question our motives for being friends? I mean, come on, which rom-com are you watching? Can you I can you blame me here? I mean, you got us all juiced up here with with your with your political parlays and and under the table dealings. I just wanted to join it. Well, Anna, uh-huh. do you and Kaylee often pass each other notes? I think is what Francis is trying to get at here. Are we are we uh, to envision a White House where the two of you are, I don't know, often uh, to be found skipping stones down down on the Potomac, or or perhaps going fishing with each other, taking in a romantic comedy film, uh, uh, sharing jelly beans? I'm literally no, I'm folding a, a fortune fortune teller yes. paper object right now with my fingers. So what you are describing is something that I don't even do with my own friends, let alone my own husband. I Mm. don't hold hands. I'm not a very physically affectionate person. Mm -hmm. But when I see someone do what I like, let's say karate chop adult men, uh, exert influence over country, uh, you know, like little things like that, 
Now that is my how you say love language. Touching, uh, feelies, origami, feng shui, all that, not so much. All right. You know, I, I recently learned that uh, physical aggression can be some of my love language, too. Me and Juranaya took a Krav Maga class together, and it really brought oh. our relationship, I think, to a new stage of, of intrigue and, and oh. passion. That Krav explains Maga. the black how, how does Yeah, can you explain to me how ancient Israeli self-defense helped you uh, deepen relationship with this person? Yes. Well, there was a portion of the class where she was required to come at me with a knife. And I had been uh, instructed in a few moves of disarming her. And she nicked me a few times and I was able to disarm her right as the knife was coming to my, yes, you guessed it, heart. Hmm. And we looked at each other like we were in a John Woo film and we kissed and uh, uh, then the instructor said that that was inappropriate for the class and they had to separate us. But from yeah. then on, it's just knowing that uh, that she could break that kind of uh, physical barrier with me. It, it's a little bit like when the Soviets nuked Jimmy Chamberlain, I got to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was thinking, too. Oh, yeah. my God. Same wavelength. Huh. So... At no point tonight, Anna, speaking of, of Krav Maga, at no point tonight did you physically attack the other candidates, but uh, you did verbally threaten to, uh, or promise, shall I say, to, to murder them, to slap America on the wrist. How do you feel that this message will resonate with voters? Well, first of all, I never said murder. I said roundhouse kick. Whether I believe it was, the situation was, uh, you were being asked to save one of your competitors and you opted to let them all die. Oh, that is what you are in reference referring to. Oh, yeah. How yes. could I forget? Silly me. So yeah, a, murder, a, a murder by omission, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want me to continue? Well, of course I want them all dead. I, I want us to win. I don't see what problem is. Uh, there's no problem. I'm just curious how you feel that message will resonate with voters. Well, you know, I think we live in a very polarized world right now. So when you say things like, I disagree, or I can see that, people don't understand. People want polarized, declarative, black and white language. Either you uh, live or you die. Either mm. you are good or you're bad. They want to, they're like sheep. They want to be told exactly what to feel. So now, I've, I'm given an option this, to kill people. I say I want them dead. Yes, boy. I've heard this strategy before of promising to murder all your fellow candidates. We obviously heard that in 94 when the alien Gamatron, the Dominator, ran. And it did not work out well for him. He got a small poll boost after that. But then he just languished while other candidates were saying things like, you know, this is my housing plan or this is how I'm going to give you tax relief. And he just kept saying, I will murder everyone here on this stage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it stopped breaking through. Are you worried about that? I'm not because that is where Kaylee Girl Boss comes in. My foil, if you will. Oh, I realized wow. that part of my failure in running my campaign was I was a little too much yang with no yin. You mm. know? So... With Kaylee, she is all sunshine, rainbows, barf, I don't care. Mm -hmm. But she, I don't know, she completes me. And, and there's just something about a little girl, karate-chopping adults, 
and vying for one of the most powerful positions, if not the most powerful position in the free world. I mean, does that not warm your heart? Because it sure warms mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Anna, frankly, it raises a question for me, which is, are we looking at a scenario, should you make it all the way to the White House, where you might say, adopt your running mate and become her legal mother? Well, um, I would say no, just because I have four other children. That's really the only thing getting in the way at this point. Also, mm-hmm. um, I completely, I would look terrible to uh, the cream supporters. You know, how terrible would that be if if cream gets all of this flack from opponents for running with family and then we were to go into White House and become family, going against everything that we've been slamming them for? I mean, mm, I am not wow. a flip-flopper. I might be, you can call me wishy-washy, but I am and not flip-flopper. A strong principled stance. It just feels like you and Kaylee have such a, shall we say, special connection. I, I have rarely seen anything like it. I do She's remember, the Gail um, to my Oprah. What can I say? It's a perfect She's the who? Wow. Gail, Gail to, to your Oprah, Oprah, who obviously we remember yes. their presidential reign from 1987 uh-huh. to 1992. And people said the same exact thing, that they were on the same page while representing both the yin and the yang. And the yang. Mm-hmm. Pretty beautiful. Yes. Until, of uh, course, we remember when Oprah adopted Gail. And then you're well, right. That's when things started to go downhill. And they had the whole falling out. Then they stopped texting yeah. and calling. I mean, it's it just got ugly and... You know, oh. kudos it, it, to you for not not making the same mistake. Well, I studied. You know, I did my research as brash and brazen as I may be. I, I did my research on the previous mm-hmm. political candidates. I, <laughs> I have some tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> Indeed, you do. <laughs> Anna, what's next for the Girl Boss Smith campaign? Where do you head from here? How do you plan to gin up that last burst of excitement, and enthusiasm that you need all the way to election day? Well, uh, that's where Kaylee's team comes in. She has very um, happy-go-lucky, flamboyant, fun, energetic team that, quite frankly, bothers the heck out of me. But they do a mean digital marketing campaigning. So uh, that's probably what our next move is, going uh, full throttle and buying Facebook ads. Facebook Uh is a friend of the Anna campaign. Oh. Well, you heard it here. Uh, can we count Zuck among your supporters? Oh, you almost. Uh, oh, I, I, if I say any more, I might have to disappear this episode. Uh, oh, not again. It was Anna Smith, famously American and not from other country. Anna Smith saying that she mm. has found a natural home in Facebook's news algorithms. Uh, USA I, number I, one, baby. USA, USA num- number actually, one. I'm looking here now, and Anna Smith, your posts are the top ten on Facebook sharing right now. I, you're I just know. giving a healthy stream of correct information to Facebook. That's what we, and it's being shared and going viral. That's what we love to see on the pod here. Exactly. It's, it's the opposite of disinformation. And yes. you know what the wonderful thing about Facebook is. They, who are who are they to monitor free speech? You know, like if I want to mm-hmm. go out there and speak hate and lies, that's my prerogative. Then don't consume it. You know, I'm very pro Zuck. 
Hands off my hands hands off of me, stupid Zuck. No shadow banning for you. No shadow banning for Anna Smith. Now, Anna, one question I, I gotta ask here. Let's say everything goes right. Uh, Kaylee mm-hmm. Girlboss is elected. You reign as vice president. In four years, your running mate is going to be a 13-year-old girl, middle school girl. Are you prepared to deal with that kind of drama in the re-election campaign? Oh, my God. I can barely handle my own teenagers. Emma, my youngest, she's 14 right now, and she is nightmare. Uh, You can probably guess why I submerged myself in work on this campaign instead of dealing with her. I mean, she is straight up bitch. Pardon my French. Too Emma, much Tamagotchi. I believe, I believe bitch is a German root. Oh, oh, thank you for mansplaining that to me. Pardon my German. <laughs> Emma, if you're listening, it's all part of the political process. Yes. But we yeah, do Emma, have, I'm glad we have Anna Smith plan. here saying that she is planning on abandoning Kaylee Girlboss mm-hmm. in any kind of reelection bid and that wow. she hates her 14 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Anna. Well, hold on, because we didn't. We missed out the on, on the, the missed recording. Should we do a little um, cinco questiones? Cinco preguntas. Cinco preguntas. Cinco preguntas. Cinco preguntas. Cinco preguntas. French. We el shadow. <laughs> a little quatre. <clears throat> quatre um, uh, 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 See, so Anna, this is a little feature we like to do with all of our guests. It's called Five Questions. Of course, you're familiar, having already been on the pub before. Uh, indeed. Uh, yeah. Francis, would you like to kick us off? Sure, with my quatre questions, question, which is literally the translation I am learning. <laughs> Hold on, quatre questions. Question. Uh, yes, so let's kick French, things please. off. En français, s'il vous plaît. S'il vous plaît. Uh, <laughs> What is the number one thing America needs right now, and why is it D.C. statehood? Oh, good question. Ah, well, you kind of answered that one, huh? Wow. She is employing her famous campaign strategy of refusing to answer questions even at the two most popular podcast hosts, and I say this without risk of hyperbole, in America. Do you want me to draw a picture next, like at debates? What? Like, what can I do? I, Play I personally would arts? love to see you draw a picture. <laughs> if you would like to draw dance? a picture of me and Francis uh, karate chopping or, or you know, Krav Magaing, whatever is in your heart. But let's hit you with question number a dose. You just got a blank check from Congress to spend on one program. What is it? Hmm, I would have to say making all elections digital. Connecting Mm. them to one central source that I control because Mm. I'm good with that stuff. Uh And uh, America has the most safe and secure elections from now until the end of time. A bold plan for electoral security. Yes. Next up, if you could have anyone from history on your cabinet, who would it be? Oh, easy. It would be Vlad... Um... Paula Abdul? Yep. Yep. Paula Abdul, famous statesman, of course, being Secretary of State under President Oprah. Yeah, she was very good um, press secretary. I like her style. Um, Definitely American... Yeah, she's from USA. Super American. Just okay. like Super the three American. of us. Okay, I go with Paula Abdul. 
Anna, Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron? You say Gabron? Uh, sure. Gabron or LeBron? <laughs> I said LeBron, but Gobron, possibly an even more famous basketball player that we should have included in the question. I was going to say, how could you not have Gobron? I mean, he is from Waimigo, Kansas. He's number one at Waimigo State. I mean, come on. Just because his name rhymes with LeBron, you're going to single him out and not include him? Gebron. Gebron is number one. He's GOAT. GOAT. Thank you, Anna. All right. Final question. Uh, because it's October, what's your favorite horror movie? Oh, easy. It would have to probably be... supersize me you know that documentary where american man gets fat from mcdonald's that's terrifying i lived it (laughs) that is horrific oh my god that is like that is like body horror 101 Mm, the scariest part for me was when he had to stop eating fast food and eat a steady diet of vegetables and uh lean proteins i mean the withdrawal symptoms alone it's enough to keep me up at night and i'm not even going through it i'd rather not relive it i i i did that that experiment uh college for a psychology class and i'd rather i'd just rather not get what is wrong with you boy why would you do that to yourself i don't it was i got 15 dollars that i desperately needed for i i i i i I was i needed collar stays i don't want to get into it all right who's on trial here folks (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we could all just turn down the heat a little bit. Although you really should see Francis's um, stomach flap when when he shrank back down to his current weight. Uh, uh, what were you at at your peak, Francis? Was it about four four fifty? Four eighty two. Four eighty two. So the skin wow. actually doesn't retract all the way back, and so he has a little extra flap. I am happy to say that I had it removed, and I keep it in a box in my garage. Moving on. So thank you so much for being on the pod, Anna Smith. Do you have anything you want to plug on your way out? Uh, I just want to plug um, the importance of taking care of your body, not keeping parts of it lying around the house. Um, It's terrible. The doctor said I might need some of the skin cells in case the abrasions return. I don't want to get into this. I thought that you had like – a dog or something on your lap. I didn't realize that was still your body. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's terrible. Don't bring saffron into this. Oh, you know, so right, it is you've plugged. Dog. You've plugged. You've plugged on a Smith. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for being a friend of the pod. If you want to ah. come back anytime, you're always welcome. And you listeners should feel free to check out any of the other great podcast offerings we have here on the illiberal media podcast network. We just added a great new one called the pod couple. And this is spectacular. We bring on uh, two strangers. I believe these are, these are Ian Simeon and uh, uh, Zora. I can't remember to pronounce this. Uh, um, Neil Hurston. Zora. Zora and Neil Hurston, one word at the end, not to be confused. Um, And we're bringing them on and we're literally potting their entire relationship from first date to they are now married for two years. So you're going to start at the beginning on that one. Mm, So that's the pod couple. Make sure to check that out. Ryan, what's going on in your neck of the pod? 
Well, I'm still recording my solo podcast, Styin' with Ryan, where I take a really up-close look at a sty that I've had at the corner of my left eye for about three or four months now. I really get in there. Uh, I, I describe it. I talk about how it feels when I poke it with things, various ointments that I've tried, various over-the-counter and under-the-counter remedies. I got to say, if, if you love a little Cronenberg in your pod, then this is exactly oh. what you want. I so. put the horror in body horror. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you so much to Anna Smith. Thank you for listening. And make sure that you are registered to vote. Go to vote411.org or vote.gov. Make sure you're registered. Make sure you have a plan. And make sure that you're relying on something other than mailing in your ballot because that certainly seems to be a big issue right now across America because we're broken. So I want to say thank you and stay tuned for more great interviews with more great candidates. And as always, I'm Francis Ford Coppola. I'm Ryan Feverman. Good night. Part of the Illiberal Media Network.